the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. And good morning, San Diego. Welcome to Garden Talk here on AM 1170, KCBQ, and KPRZ. Guess what? What? You ready to talk black fig fly for a moment? Oh, it's still bothering you? It is. However, comma, I harvested and ate one half at a time. So I picked some figs. I took a bite, checked the inside to make sure there was nothing, nothing. in the other half. Um, but I, I have figs ripening. Good. And it is crystal clear from looking at the trees which fruit have the maggots in them and which don't. Because the maggot-infested fruit at this point on the Black Mission fig are turning purple while they're still small, probably smaller than my thumb. And the ripe fruit, the, the unmaggoted fruit, is fully sized. It's very easy to tell. That's interesting. And the, yeah, the infested fruit doesn't ripen. It colors and stays small, stays hard. I was peeling it open and seeing what was inside, and then I was taking well, – taking them over to my chickens but i wasn't certain the chickens were getting them so i took alternate means to make sure they were not reproducing um but it was crystal clear what was bad and what wasn't that's interesting and so it is also heartening to know that i got some figs and my celestial fig which is i don't know 40 feet away is ripening fine it doesn't seem to have any of the fig fly, and I don't know if there's something in that tree that doesn't attract them. The between the two trees is the tiger fig that I have, and it had a ton of uh, misshapen fruit because of the black fig fly on it. And I didn't go look at it to see if anything's ripening, but hopefully it'll be as easy to tell on that as it is with the with the black mission fig. So, my, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even check the. Corky, uh, the corky fig in the in the parking lot. My corky in the backyard still has not. None of the early fruit ripened; it had all dropped, and I wasn't the fig fly wasn't on my radar, so I didn't pay attention. But the second crop hasn't ripened yet. It's starting to look like it will, but it. I, I checked that yesterday too, but it's in the backyard. It's a couple hundred feet away from the from the other ones, but it has. I don't know. But yeah. it hasn't ripened. I needed to we I'll have to take a look at the one at the at the Poway store and see what's going on with that. So I guess I have to apologize for all of my whinings of the last two, three weeks that I wasn't getting any figs because you got one. 
I got more than one. I'm kind of surprised that I was able to come into well, work we, today. We got a we got a pretty good harp. The first crop off of the corky, off the corky fig in in Poway was a was a good harvest. We Excellent. got we got a lot of them, and they were and they're, they're big. I got nothing off of my early crop. They that, all fell. That's interesting. Okay, I'm there. Don't look at me like that. That's the only way I look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. Um, we have to do a correction for the record. I think it was two weeks ago we were here, and I was talking about black mission figs and the black fig fly. And I said, well, the ones that were infected, infested, had stayed small, and the right. big ones, I opened that. them up, and there were no maggots inside, and so they would be fine. And that was true. At that time. At that time, for my experiences up Changed. until that point. But... I think it was Sunday or Monday after radio. I went and had another fig, and I opened it up, and I looked inside, and there was some movement, quite a bit of movement. So, so and it was careful. with a big ripe fig that looked really good. And I could have, yeah, I would have back in the olden days before we had to worry about larvae being inside our figs. Yeah. But I, have you guys had any figs this year? I, I haven't, I ha- and I have not, and I think. The revelation, I think you and I spoke of this, is <clears throat> when I had mine, I was concerned as well of the BFF, the black fig fly. So I oh. opened it up in half, and I you know, squished it so I can push the insides up and look. Yes. The insides look like larvae, whether there's something there or not. You have, so to, you have really to wait to see, so have to, wait to see which part of this fig is going to move. That is I have, so right, true. Yeah. I have opened and eaten a fig a half piece at a time and looked at them and not really cared and never thought... Wow, the inside of a fig looks a lot like little yeah, fly larvae or what we would consider, what we would call maggots. A maggot, right. But now that I have to look at every one, well, I really don't, right? It's just you, a little protein that's and right, I'm not yeah. vegan, so it's not a big deal. Correct. I have, unfortunately, I have the Violette de Bordeaux and the Mission and both of those thus far, knock on wood, etc. I have not seen any evidence of the BFF. Now, I know you... We're shouting in loudly that there's no concern for from the mountaintops. No concern, nothing to worry about here. Nothing go away until you had your first, and then now the world is you know now the world is it's slowing yeah, down exactly. But, but um, I was originally well, originally I wasn't concerned at all because it didn't affect me. Right. And as soon as it affected me, well, that is what you're. That's what I'm alluding to. Right. To what you are referring to, to what to what you are referring to which um to which. And, but I've gotten figs off of all my trees that have seemed to have been larva free. At least you think. Yeah. yeah. yeah quite frankly, yeah. And that's, that's all that matters, only, right? Exactly. That's, that's all, all that, that really matters. Yeah. You know, most nights when I go down to lock up the chickens, I get a few grapes and I get a few figs. And one morning after doing that, I woke up feeling a little differently than I normally do. <laughs> That's all I'll say. But uh, so then I, I'm wondering if that was a lot of fruit, if that was larva in the fruit. No, nah, it's or just totally a, unrelated. Yeah, I was, was going to say it's a fruit or unrelated. My but opinion. Did you feel larva exiting from your tummy <laughs> in any way, like coming out, pushing out? Uh, like sort alien? Of, like yeah. alien? No, yeah. I okay, did then not you're, notice Then you're that. fine. <laughs> okay. Um, but I did. Well, so this week I've noticed on my. Tiger fig. I had a lot of tiger figs this week, and they have not gotten to full size. 
but they were clean on the inside, and the tiger fig has a a deeper, redder flesh, so that a white maggot will show up very easily in there. It's it's that's a good. I think more easily spotted, or maybe they absorb the color and they're not easily <laughs> spotted. But I didn't find any. They blend. They blended, but they were really good. And because they're not getting to full size, I'm thinking this tree hangs over the fence out onto the street, and it's the one that my neighbors like to pick, harvest, barva, borrow, harvest from. Borrow harvest. That's it's, a good word. I think we'll use it. We'll barvest. We'll start implementing. They like to barvest from that tree, but I don't think they're barvesting this year for two reasons: one, because they don't look ripe, and two, because my there's a sign that says "infected with maggots." Well, actually, I was thinking this year about saying, "Please don't pick the fruit," because people do come, and, and I've had cars come and stop on the street, and people get out with bags and just start. Are you kidding me? People kidding would do me. that. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's it's yeah. yeah. Two thousand. Do you know yeah. what surprises me, Mark? Well, that that surprised you. Well, you don't live like on the beaten path. Either. No, it's a it's a private street. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. Well, I guess it doesn't but matter anymore. Yeah, people know that the tree's there, and people have told. Uh, one lady came up and asked, and she said, "Oh, my friend walks by this tree and told me it was here." and and so well, I at least she asked. Yes. Very nice yes. of her. That. She I mean, only asked because David was there. I, oh, right? Yeah. Had he not been there, <laughs> he's there, out there with been, his gun. Right. Yeah. But the I have a guard. This is going to sound strange, but it's a it's a gardening show. I have a guard of naked ladies around that side okay. of the tree, and it's blooming. The best oh. bloom I've ever had from my amaryllis belladonna or naked lady flowers is this year, and they make a semicircle around the tree. In previous years. They've bloomed later or have not bloomed as much, so they just there's no fence there. But this year, there's lots of spikes on each cluster. Well, that's cool. Nice. And have you guys noticed that? Um, it's yeah. In my backyard too, I have some naked ladies, and I hadn't I realized that they were flowering, and I hadn't in years past. So yes, I, we don't have any. When uh, Ken and I hike uh, Miller Ranch, there's an old home. There's a foundation of a home there, and around the foundation are naked lady bulbs. So somebody... Yeah, I recall you showing me some photos of that in the past. And 100 yards away, there are others that I'm guessing were spread by birds, but those are all in full bloom right now. And I was pointing them out to Ken, and he was amazed. He'd never seen those before, not Ken Anderson. Right, right, right. he called me last week and he said, "I see them everywhere now." It's so funny. Those naked lady bulbs are blooming everywhere. It's I like, see them all the time. Never, we, never noticed them until you pointed it out, and now you cannot not see. You them. can't not yeah. see them. We should probably put some in as well. Yeah, they're, right. they are beautiful. You are listening to Garden Talk here on AM eleven seventy KCBQ and KPRZ. Yeah, I alyssum's it's a brassica, brassica, and, and it is edible. Yeah. It is, yes, sir. Mm. Oh, it's Just not throw that out there. I don't, I don't think I don't think he'll be speaking to that one. Okay. Yeah. The, but it'll do other fall crops, this, so all the root crops and such. You know, the smell of alyssum, I don't think I'm going to try eating it. Yeah, oh, I, I like that smell. I, I tout it when I'm talking to people about it. I love that little kind of honey scent. Mm. Okay, maybe I'm okay. Too bad we don't have television so people can see the see face, face I'm giving you right now. <laughs> they know that face. It's all your right. standard face. You know, that has been just this tropical storm. I just got a $200 water bill for the month of August. I have never seen... That's less than half of what my normal August water bill would be. I was going to say, that sounds like you were complaining. No, yeah. gosh, no. 
No, that was they'll nothing. fix it for you if you need it. No, 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 no. And my dead Bermuda grass on the bottom lawn after one big warm storm and all the warm weather is gorgeous right now. The the Bermuda since that I haven't watered it. I probably watered it a month before the storm, so it did it was alive, but the storm just it's lush, it's green, it's thick. I went and mowed it and it is it has loved that moisture, the heat, and the humidity. It has just thrived and filled in. Yeah, my back lawn's looking pretty good right now. It's not all Bermuda grass, but it's it's all green. It's not all is sunshine a, and lollipops. It's it's which is unusual that it that it's all green at the same time. This so, time of year, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So um, that's but it, the key it looks pretty, at the same time. Yeah, it it look it looks pretty good right now. So, yeah. I have to admit. Is it and a actually, mix of Bermuda and domesticated weeds? Yes, exactly. That's okay. exactly what it is. It's actually a, a mix of Bermuda and crabgrass uh, <laughs> at this point in time. But it's but it's all green. But There's, come January, it's all going to be brown because the crabgrass is going to die out and the Bermuda is going to go dormant. Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. I Sad news. The, uh, Uh-oh. The... Uh, the corpse flower is completely done at this point. It, uh, it what was left of it tipped over yesterday. Yesterday mid morning. Yeah. yeah. After the after, after the morning photo shoot. That's yeah. all, folks. Yeah, unfortunately, um, got a lot of mileage out of that yes. this, yes, this year. We had a lot of people come and see it. It, it was pretty. It was pretty neat, even. Even during its fading stage, during there its, were, <clears throat> excuse me, during its decline, we had a lot of people still very interested in our social media, following it and, and asking questions. So that's very popular. Well, there was that one post that you showed me uh, with the analytics on it. With their reach was one point one million people. Yeah, we that, had a reach for the week. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's a lot. That's a lot of yeah. people. Um, our hope is that we we have two of them now. Um, the smaller one's going to be going dormant. It's not. It's not anywhere close to blooming size yet, though. Um, I would say two more cycles, so probably three two, to four years. Three to four, three to four years on the smaller one. The bigger one, though, hopefully maybe two years. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, I know they they say that it takes um, was it seven to ten years for, for the initial to bloom, bloom right. for the for the initial bloom, but it, that's also in the wild. I believe I don't. The, think, our, that one bloomed in six and a half years, yeah. according to our. Calculations, source and, yeah. and mathematical calculations. Yeah. Yes. So we're hoping that we can get it to bloom more frequent, more frequently. And if we can, if we can acquire a couple more, maybe we can get them all into a into a blooming cycle, a where, rhythm, of a sort. rhythm where they're not all blooming at the same time, but they're blooming in in sequence. Perhaps would be the way to say it, so that we can have have them more frequently for people to come in. See and so you enjoy. Want to make it, it, so it's not something special. No, it's it's still going to be special. Um, it's a it's it's a pretty neat thing. It is. It, I was I was very pleasantly surprised with it and uh, and how just how how fast it grows. I mean yes. that that's the that's probably the most amazing thing about it when you look at from the time that it started to grow when the sprout first started coming up out of the soil to that enormous flower i mean it was a really pretty short and, window of time and it was a small flower our yeah it was ours was not was big small in yeah in, in comparison uh, to others right yeah the but, yeah. other corpse flowers that were around it were making fun of it yeah <laughs> yeah so it's uh we're gonna get it prepped and ready to go to sleep for a while and when it starts growing next again summer till next summer when it uh 
will probably go into a vegetative growth state yes. if the Most growth likely, cycle, right. the growth cycle is is correct. So then it'll build up the uh, corm for the uh, for the next bloom, which we hope will be perhaps, somewhat larger. Perhaps the following year. Maybe. Oh, that's mm-hmm. pretty. That's that's optimistic. Yeah, I, I have rose colored glasses. George is. George is very optimistic. Yeah, I have to go back to the fair. You said at work. I, I'm thinking that was, I enjoyed the Dickens out of putting that fair display together this past year. It was fun. So just oh, but it wasn't work. It was work, but it was fun work. So it it wasn't something you didn't look. I looked forward to doing it. Oh well, I think Ken was talking to you then when he was saying <laughs> we have something to look forward to. I do have something to look forward to. I I enjoy that. Excellent. Back to you, Ken. All right. Uh, some of the bugs that we've seen coming through. Um, you had a, a sample of a pretty good infestation of lantana lace bugs. On our lantana in front of the store. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a well, nasty When they little, get there, yeah, little, it, it makes the pet look pretty cruddy quickly, but they're easily controlled, even any contact. So the stuff I was dumping on my back? That would work. Okay. But any contact killer, even, uh, insecticidal soap will do it properly applied. Really? Yeah. They're they're that yeah that so sensitive. The soap will take says, care of yeah, you can use soap. You can use neem, horticultural oil, any what, of those. What would you recommend? Being that so many people have lantana in their yards to attract butterflies and things, what what would you and when would you? I would probably well at the first indication of some, and again, if you're trying to be organic, I would probably just hit it with. Um, I would probably use horticultural oil, and the reason for that is it kills a wider range of things, uh, suffocates a wider range of things. So And no residual. Right. So if, if, they, you know, if you have any of the thrips or spider mites, it will take care of those as well. Or scale, too. And scale, right. Yeah. Speaking of, I did all my citrus two nights ago with horticultural oil because my Valencia was covered in scale. And I thought, well, if I have it out, I might as well hit everything. Do them all, yeah. yeah. That reminds me of a song. Oh, does it? What yeah, is it? Yes, the Jimmy Buffet song. All those citrus covered in oil, you know. I and think that, you got that's that exactly one wrong. how I remembered that's it. That's how yes. you get rid of the citrus pests. And citrus is, you know, Florida is very well known for citrus, kind of like Jimmy Buffet. Is there a phone call there? Yeah. Thank Go goodness. Ahead. Please take, <laughs> take, take the call. Take me away, <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Some of the other... Some of the other bugs that are starting to pop up. Uh, George, you said you have uh, had a pretty bad scale infestation on some of your citrus. One out of 25 citrus, one. That's covered interesting. Covered in scale, yeah. Oh. And uh, you horticultural oil it? I did. You know, we recommend that you do that a couple of times a year, if for nothing else, just to make sure that you keep it under control. Because scale is one of those things that you don't really see it until yeah. it's until you start getting until it's too bad, it, and, right. Until it's too bad, and... It, fortunately, it, it doesn't kill the plant, um, but it does. It can stunt it if it's if it's heavily infested, and horticultural oil will clean it up pretty quickly. And it should take care of the Asian citrus psyllid, which which is also starting to which, pop yeah, up. Yeah, we were going to talk about too because oh, okay. we're starting to see it. Yeah, um, Adams uh, from our staff in Poway, uh, who lives in Ramona, he has started seeing it pop up on his. Now, remember. Just because you have Asian citrus psyllid does not mean that you have HLB disease. Um, no different the, than the, getting the, bit by a mosquito means you have malaria or West Nile or virus. West Nile or West Nile virus, yeah. You might. <laughs> but, but chances are slim. Chances are, right. are pretty slim. Um, Tradition has it that the Padres brought, not the baseball team, wild mustard seeds with them from Spain to the New World. 
Traveling from mission to mission, exploring California, they scattered the wild mustard seeds along the path to create a golden pathway home. Hmm. Does that, that says tradition, right? Yes. Okay. Well, that's kind of weird. Because um, you know, San Diego was the San Diego was the first mission in Alta, California, uh, founded in seventeen sixty nine. You know where the second one was? We're waiting. No, but if I get to the bottom of this story, I might. Where was the second one? Monterey. That's a long way. Yeah, you know why they did that? No. Pincher move. They what? established a base in the south, and they established a base in the north, and they claimed everything in between. Oh. And I then they built. Then they built a string of missions up the up the coast from there. So there's your little bit of a mission history. Had to Is this history moment story. brought to you by. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I said that I thought that was kind of strange about the the mustard on the trail because when you jump from San Diego to Monterey, you don't have a lot of time to drop a lot of mustard seeds between between the two. You don't have to drop that much. Well, they went by boat. They didn't go by land. Oh, well, then they... For that, for that mission, for yeah. those two, right. Yeah. The other was the trail going up. Right, right. right. So, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Please. Oh, and by the way, if you do oh, have... If you do, if you do spot citrus psyllid on your, on your citrus trees, horticultural oil cleans that up very quickly as well. And I saw something that I hadn't seen before this week in La Jolla. What's that? The leaf miner on azalea. That's right. You did bring that in. And I was surprised by how much was there. The It showed up. It was more evident on the Alaska azaleas because their leaves are lighter green. So the burn, because the leaf turns brown and dies where the leaf miner has destroyed it, similar to the citrus leaf miner. Mm-hmm. I have not heard And it. it was at Mrs. Back's house. Oh, yeah. She would I had to go do taxes and... It looked like sunburn, and I initially dismissed it as sunburn. But in looking more closely, there are pockets with little leaf miners in it, in the leaf. And then on the redbird azaleas, they have darker foliage, so it didn't. I had to look really closely to see to see that. Uh, but it was on all of them. That's interesting. Wow. I I have never seen that before. I wonder if it's a. I wonder if it's a new strain of leaf miner or. Yeah, I, I there is said, a, there is an actual azalea leaf miner that is cited in a number of universities throughout, the, particularly in northwest of the United States. I mean northeast, but I've not seen it here. So I was. Oh. I sent it to to Vince, and he suggested taking a sample to the ag department to let them ID it because it could be something that's been here a long time. You'd have to really pay attention to see it because it does really look like sunburn well you would have thought in 40 or years of doing burn. this we would have seen it exactly. at some point in time exactly. it's been but. found in florida texas um and northern california and, and pack northwest pacific northwest and i'm going to and submit to you it's been found in southern california it has perhaps so. Apparently it is, so if it's the same one if it's the same right. one yeah but how did it get to mrs back's house that's the that's the question well it was probably from the the people on the boats offshore when oh, the right. seed came the same thing they sprinkled it into the wind it could be. I, I don't know but it was all of her azaleas, and you yes. know how many azaleas she has. Yes. Oh, it's been a long time since I've been to her house. So it's I'm, a lot of azaleas. A lot. Lots and lots and lots. How did you treat it? I suggested that her gardener get 
Spinosad, um, and Bear. By the way, man, the tree and shrub. No, I suggested actually the insect mite and disease. Oh, yeah, that acts faster. Picked up the tree and shrub. But they did an immediate spray of Captain Jack's, which should penetrate the leaf and get to it. Um, And then they also did a follow up with a soil drench. So I think it's all. She should be good. Yeah. During the last segment, we had a caller who unfortunately couldn't stay on the line. Anne, uh, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, Brendan did uh, relay your question to us. Um, your the shininess on your citrus. It sounds like you may have a leaf miner um, infestation on it. It causes kind of a silvery, shiny uh, look to the new to the new foliage. The old foliage is is usually pretty pretty safe from it but the newer foliage out towards the tips of the plant uh, will get kind of a silvery shiny sheen to it uh yes you can trim that off um just go back as far as until you get to the the more hardened off foliage uh trim the tips off and if you feed it real well while we still have a little bit of warm weather it'll probably put out another uh, flush of growth to keep that under control i would recommend using uh, captain jack's dead bug spray on it um it will permeate the leaf and help prevent uh, infestation of it on the newer foliage as it starts to come out. As the weather cools off, it's not going to be a big. It's not going to be anywhere near as big of a deal. Um, it's normally here till the end of October, yeah. approximately. And I wonder if it's going to be later. It started later. Right. Is it just a shorter season this year? Or is it going to? Is it going to be a longer, longer? season? We it's normally hard start to say. seeing it in May. That's when the moth is active. Yeah, May and, and it early didn't show June up until the end of June this year. Yeah. Mine was July. Mine, July. Yeah. Mine showed up really right. late this year. And you can do nothing as well. The 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 it's cosmetic. It, it will slow down. It'll a little slow production it down. On the tree. If it's a smaller tree, it's problematic. But a larger tree, it's really not a big issue. And then as far as a as far as a bug spray or insecticide is concerned, a good general purpose one that'll take care of most stuff in your yard um, is Bonide Eight. Uh, works. It's very effective uh, as a contact kill. Uh, doesn't have a very long residual life to it. No. As, as far but as it, I know, but it is safe for fruits and vegetables. It's safe for fruits and vegetables. Uh, you want to be very careful uh, as far as bees are concerned. Apply it early early in the morning or late late in the afternoon when the bees have all gone home because um, you don't want to get it on them because it, it, it can be detrimental to bees. The other one that works really well um, for most things in in your yard and I don't know anything that it is that is resistant uh, to as we've talked about before is horticultural oil and it's not a poison it suffocates the insects so it doesn't poison the insects. Um, eight is a poison. Um, so if you want to if you want to keep it keep your yard as organic as possible, horticultural oil would be the way to go. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much for giving us a call, um, and we can go on from there. Uh, the citrus leaf miner damages the leaves; it makes them ugly, but they are still functioning and they are still helping the plant. Yeah, and you, George was alluding to that, but so you can remove them for the aesthetics, but they are a partially functioning solar panel which is better than a the no, no solar, solar panel. panel at all yeah you said a couple of weeks ago you never noticed how much the inside of a fig looks like it could be fly larva i mean yeah. absolutely the strands the strings yeah. whatever you want to call it the, the tentacles yeah, that are so attaching you, the seed to the to the skin yeah when you first open it and it's settling things are moving like is that yeah, is I stare alive? at those for five or ten <laughs> seconds to see if they move. Right. I'm doing the same thing. So, But pomegranates are coming in shortly. Juju bees are coming in. 
I had my first pomegranate yesterday. It wasn't even close to ripe, but it was on the ground. And I just wanted to trim it because the whole branch was dragged down by those. And I figured they're going to rot on the ground if I leave them there. And it was edible. It was tart. The There was juice in the arrows. There was not... Um, it wasn't great, but it certainly didn't have to be just thrown away. So I had my first. Nice. That was a. Do you remember whether the wonderful was the tree up top or the? Oh, at your place? Yeah. No, I don't remember. I had it off the top tree, and I was. I still have the tag. I put it on the tree somewhere else, and I don't think I've pruned off that that label yet. So, do you, do you have apples coming in yet? I do have a few. My espaliate apple is kind of under the canopy it's still in its container under the canopy of the pomegranate is that the same one that you that i had the one that we got together that was the high chill yes okay and it has well it had i i don't i used to be able to see it but now that the fruit is developing on the pomegranate it's bringing down the canopy of the tree so it it shades and a lot including that tree it did have a bunch of apples on at least one of the branches I've had a few apples off of uh, off of different areas, but I don't know what's on it. If it's like mine, it, the um, galas were very prolific this year, as were the Fujis, uh, and Gravenstein's a, a few, and tons of Yellow Delicious on there. And that might be the lower branches. Were I'll have there. to. I'll anyway, have to look. those we've been eating the galas right now, and they're delicious. They're coming out really well. I have Concord grapes that the rats have left me a few of. I have a few ladyfinger grapes. I haven't been picking the whole bunches. Every night when I go down to lock up the chickens, I go take a few grapes, and they've been good. I have one pink lady apple on the tree. It's not even close to ripe. Um, But the figs and the pomegranates are coming. Yeah, those will be up here soon. But we still have a large number of apples, particularly the uh, King David. I sent you a photograph of the King David. And I told you, just call me David. Just call me David, yeah. yeah. Uh, That is a gorgeous-looking apple. It's dark, dark red. And that tree has been – it's still a relatively small tree. I think when we first got him in at the nursery, I I called it Prince David because it was this little whip of a stick. Uh, And it's still – A whippersnapper? A little tiny thing, but it is – just covered in fruit. It's doing really it well. It looks really good. And I should uh, have a King David apple, which I do not. What do you think it is pollinated by? I have a pink lady. We have a pink lady on the other side of the yard. There's a Gordon nearby. I don't think it's getting pollinated by that. But then the Espalier is relatively close oh, with six has. different apples on it. So And they, they should bloom at this. Right. One of them should bloom yep. at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Anyway, so apples, pomegranates, figs, jujubes right now. Oh, I need to go look at my jujubee. Thank you for reminding me. It's up Here in the back, help. and I, I made progress last week. I, you didn't see the mark across my lip from. <laughs> I, I was trimming. I have not spent as much time in the backyard, in the upper portions of the backyard, okay. clearing debris, and I must have gone across. I think it was it was either a citrus branch or a lantana stem. Gave me a nice two inch. What did it look like? A pirate scar? Or? It, it, yeah, it, it looked like a, a pirate eye scar across my lower lip, right? Correct. Would that, yeah, that's fair. That'd be yeah. a good description. And it, it was it was only there for a day and a half, two days. It yeah. cleared right up. That face heals very quickly. Uh, yes. That's a good thing. Um, what, just one last thing, because my beautiful bride just reminded me. We have persimmons. We have several persimmons tree, persimmon trees. You're not harvesting them yet. No, but they are, I said coming in. Those are almost ripe. And I had to put it the standard fence that we've talked about to keep the coyotes I out. appreciate her reminding you because me, I have some as well. You're right. Thank you. Um, 
Jujubee is up top, and I know it has suckered. Do you have any suckers on your Jujubee? Just just one. The G eight sixty six seems to sucker more than the uh, sugar cane. And I get fruit off of the sucker. As do I. Off the and they're one. small, but they they're still edible. I view it as a, an additional pol- potential pollinator. Oh, is that how you flowers. look at it? Yeah. Well, I have one other tree that is giving me fruit right now, which isn't not one that you would expect me to be getting fruit from. I was withholding. <laughs> A key piece of late season fruit. And George guessed incorrectly that it was citrus. Citrus? Yeah. Mark didn't care. Right. But, you know, it's all good, right? My fair time peaches. Oh, okay. Okay. They're just ripening, and they're not the best peaches in the world. But they're a peach you're getting in almost October. They're a pretty good peach for. That's right. We are at at late mid September, are we not? We are late. We are in yes. late mid-September. Uh, autumn. It's autumn. We're hours into autumn now, and you're still harvesting peaches. That's and I'm awesome. still harvesting peaches, the ones that the rats don't get. I think it's rats because they more of them end up on the ground overnight. But speaking of which, I was just excited that my hibiscus look as good as they do since they're actually getting water now. It makes a difference, doesn't <laughs> it? makes it? a huge difference. A lot of plants thrive here in Southern California with, with water, with, with adequate water. hydration. With adequate hydration, exactly. Yeah. I did that test on the on my peppers, my little sweet peppers. I haven't watered them for a, probably a week or two, and for some reason the the leaves were kind of droopy. And then I watered them, and then the leaves weren't droopy they were le- anymore. Less droopy, yeah. And, and no, no evidence of insects or anything. No, actually, huh. one of them did not. Pop back up, and I was noticing a a gopher mound. So oh. it probably has no roots, which I'm also not an inhibits. expert, <laughs> but it might inhibit the yeah. uptake of moisture of water if you have no roots on a plant. Uh, that could that could have something to do with it. What yeah. plant is it? A pepper. Pe- okay. You wanted um, to check if that kind of plant needed moisture, yeah, or it needed roots. Needed it doesn't need <laughs> yeah, roots. Yeah, certain fine. ones don't they need don't them. Need roots. I have an orange tree in a pot on my patio that does the same thing. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I, that's weird. I wonder if they're related. Oh, because my peppers, when they're ripe, they turn orange. And so maybe that's related to your orange oh. so tree. The, so the takeaway from this, if your plant produces a fruit or vegetable that's orange, they don't need as much water? No, they, they don't do need, need water. They don't need, they need roots? Okay. And if Especially they're, if they're in a container. <laughs> yes. And if their leaves wilt, they're suggesting to Got you. Got it. All right. Well, it was interesting. We... We'll talk about it a little bit more as we get farther into the show, but Melly and I went to a, a mushroom farm up in Escondido on Tuesday, and uh, the Roberto and Olga Ramirez, the owners of the farm, gave us gave us a tour, and at the end of the tour, uh, we were sitting in Roberto's office, and they are using mushrooms to break down motor oil, used motor oil, and they had some... They had some jars that were it was it was millet seed it was millet seed motor oil and um, fungus that was growing on it. and the fungus breaks the it breaks the motor oil down into breaks it down to methane I think it, it, it breaks it down to breaks it down to methane which can then be used as a fuel. Which was it was very it was very interesting what they were what they were. Working it sounds on. like they're doing phytoremediation. That's the word. That's they what do you're phyto, looking for. Oh, phyto you found it? No, 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 no. Oh, it popped in your brain. It popped into okay. my brain. 
so earlier in the, in the last segment, I was talking about the mushroom farm that we went to, and it's um, and Mel and I just happened to happened to to find out about it. We were at the um, Rancho, the Rancho Santa Fe Farmers Market, which they do on Sundays um, in that little shopping center that's kind of by the Helen Woodward Center. Right, very nice farmers market. If they probably have more food stations where they're actually preparing food um, than any any um, farmers market that I've been to. I mean, they 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 do a very nice job. But there was a there was a gentleman there who had a booth set up and he was selling mushrooms and he had all kinds of mushrooms uh, for sale and they're local. They're in, in uh, North Escondido Mountain Meadow Mushroom Farm. Um, and they grow they grow all kinds of stuff that I had never seen before. Um, they have pink oyster mushrooms, which supposedly have the ten, have the have the texture and somewhat flavor of bacon, which isn't a bad thing. Um, Do you know what else does? What bacon? Bacon, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it probably doesn't. The bacon probably spatters more in the, the kitchen. They had they had lion's mane mushrooms, which I had not seen before. And apparently those you can use to make vegan crab cakes if that's what you would like to do. Or um, they uh, were telling us that you can also use it to make um, vegan pulled pork, which there again, pulled pork is probably just as good as vegan pulled pork. But, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say that. But it was a fascinating operation. They have 17 acres. Um and they grow all different kinds of stuff, and it's been in business since 1952. Oh wow! Where do they sell their mushrooms? You said farmers markets. Well, farmer farmers markets. Um, I don't re- I don't remember what other outlets they have. I do believe they sell they do sell to some um, restaurants and things like that. Uh, do they grow but, regular mushrooms too, or just more? Of I the didn't see any exotics. I think that's what they. I think that's how they started out was just growing the. the the button mushrooms um now they just grow all they grow all kinds of stuff um they had they had shiitakes they had i think they had some morels they had um three different kinds of oyster mushrooms they had regular oyster mushrooms they had the pink oyster mushrooms they had blue oyster mushrooms um was it it was it was fascinating um and most of the a lot of the the um, bedding that they bring in to compost down to use as the um, the bedding to, to grow the mushrooms, um, they get from their their busy season is they get it from the racetrack over in Del Mar, and he said they get up to sixty seven trucks a day of straw and bedding from from Del Mar. That's a bunch. It's huge, and then they 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 bale it into these massive bales. the The bales are probably. Um, five by five by three i mean they're they're huge bale it's not like a hay bale i mean it's a massive bale but they when it comes in they have to they bale it so that they have better control over it and it doesn't deteriorate as quickly as it as it would if it was just in a in a heap somewhere so but it's a and, it's and a, then do they compost it in the bale form do they stack no. the bales or that's just to store it that's just to store it until it. they need it yeah so they bring it in rough all messed up. Mm-hmm. They bale it, mm-hmm. and then they unbale it to compost. To, to compost it, yeah. But you know, when you're bringing in sixty-seven trucks a day, you got to do something with it. Yeah, I, I guess mean, so. that's a that's all that's a lot of trucks. And so I, 
I am assuming that bedding coming from the racetrack is not clean or sterile, but that's what the composting process does. Breaks it down, cleans mm-hmm. it up, and sterilizes it for use for the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With regard to the oil, are they doing that large scale or are they just showing no, you? No, okay. it's uh, just on a, on a small scale at this point in time uh, to see to see how it works. That's interesting um, to me. The other thing that was interesting was I was I was surprised because they took us into some of the grow houses where they're they're actually growing some of the mushrooms. Um, and the first one we went in, it was so humid that there there was actually water on the on the floor of the of the house, and it was it was cold. I mean, it it was not. For some reason, I I just pictured that mushrooms were going to be growing in a in a warm, humid environment, and that's not the case. And there may be some, but the first house that we went into, it was cold. It was cold. Well, I guess mushrooms grow all over the world, and we yeah. deal with ours come up here in Southern California during the warmer, more humid season. Yeah, they're starting to cut. Or my neighbor took out a. She took a palm tree out of her front yard, and I've noticed that there's mushrooms coming up in her in her lawn around the area where the palm tree was. So I'm sure they're feeding off of the the root system that was left over when the palm tree came out. Uh, the The second house that we went into it was it was dry it was drier, but in a, in a little bit warmer. But it wasn't nearly as humid as the as the first one. But it's a it's a very interesting operation. I and I think um, I think their website is mountain meadow mountain meadow mushroom we'll find it we'll figure we'll figure it out but if you give them they do offer tours to the public so if you give them a call you can get the information um on when the tours are it looks like it's 3m you know meadow mountain meadow mm m mushroom it's mm mushroom.com okay mm mushroom.com um but they have they have information on there for for the tours um, that you can go and take a look at. Um, it is in the middle of nowhere, though. I mean, it's uh, it's it's way on the north side of um, Escondido, uh, but highly worth going out and taking a look at and taking the tour. And they also se- they also sell um, the mushrooms there as well. So you know, I'd, I'd never heard of Lion's Mane mushroom, and when you said that, I had this. I don't know why I was picturing I was picturing the horse mane. And so I was thinking it was long and stringy, but now looking at the picture of a mushroom, of a lion's mane mushroom, it looks more like coral. Yeah, doesn't kind of it look like a coral. Yeah, it, it it doesn't really look like a mushroom. Did and you purchase any of the no, varieties? No, we okay. did not. Although we did, we did buy two um, growing kits, which I think we were probably going to have sometime around the uh, around the holiday season. We'll we'll bring in a few for people to. These are for people gorgeous, and the gold and pink oyster mushrooms now you think blue oyster mushrooms have anything to do with blue oyster cult it's a good the, question the, or is it well, we'll we'll study up on that later <laughs> but yeah it's a it, it's a it's a very interesting place and i was i was talking to the owner about it and and i think i've mentioned it here on the show before too that the mycological society when they have their annual show in balboa park is just absolutely fascinating uh, really, really interesting, and a lot of the stuff that they have on display has been foraged um, out of the backcountry here in San Diego. So you get to see some some really neat stuff. And then there was we were talking about it at the uh, at the at the old ferry building in San Francisco. The entire building is full of um, retail space, and it's all culinary related. It's either food or 
cooking utensils. We, we were whatever. there back in July. Yeah, there and was a. The, did you go to the mushroom shop that was? No, there? I went to the bakery that did gluten free stuff, and the oh. line was huge. We 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 feasted right there. Yeah, there there was the last time we were up there. There was a there was a mushroom store there, and they had all kinds of mushrooms, and they even had. Um, they had truffles. They had white and black truffles, and I think the white truffles were sixteen hundred dollars a pound, something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're really, really expensive, um, but pretty, pretty neat stuff. Oh, let's have, just one last Go piece ahead. of that. Have you have you grown mushrooms at home outside of you know in your yard? Have you done it for food for on purpose? Right. No. Okay. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> no. I fair have, question. No. No. Yeah, no. I, no. 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 I have not. Um, I know that I, you know. I've gone through some of the big box stores in the past, and they sell the little kits. And I think we had them at one point years ago. But I was, and I'd never tried. I'm not a big mushroom fan, so it, it says on here you spritz them with distilled water. Yeah, and, and I asked him. I asked him about that, and I, I said, I said, what well, you know, does reverse osmosis water work? And he said, any kind of water works. He said they're really not oh, good about it. So good. Um, yeah. So did you get your? your kit put in a cool dry place or is it still in the back of your car? No, no, no. It is in a cool dry place, but it has not, I haven't slit the bag and, uh, put it on the table. I have just the perfect place to do it. So yeah, Blake took over ours as soon as we brought it home. So I, you want to send him over? I'll have to check and see what he's, what he's got going on. Um, I don't even know where he put it at this point. It's somewhere in the house. <laughs> well, at least <laughs> I know where mine is. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, there you go. I think that's about it's for That's Garden it. Talk. Yeah. Auto Talk's up next. You've been listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.